Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And we are coming to the end of the year of the end of 2023, if you're you're listening to this whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> um, and... I was looking for some feminist games, both video games and board games and women developers of these games for some potential topics and gifts, maybe, when I ran across this story from May of 2023. So this is a bit dated, but I totally missed it. Uh, and I bet a lot of you did, too. I think it's worth talking about because the accidental casual sexism in the exchange is very telling, uh, and I don't think it's gone away. And in fact, I kind of have some proof that it hasn't gone away because uh, before you came along, Samantha, and I was co-hostless, and I had a lot of um, very kind people who were very giving in their time come on to do topics. Uh, Tracy B. Wilson of Stuff You Missed in History Class came on and talked about board game design. Uh, so you can listen to that episode, but a lot of the things we're talking about in that, which was several years ago, <laughs> are still here. Of course. And yeah, um, we also talked to some uh, women board game designers about their experience. So you can check those out for more context. But yeah, a lot hasn't changed. And so Samantha, I'm just going to tell you about this thing. I'm sure you're going to have some thoughts. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so here's what happened. Back in May 2023, Elizabeth Hargrave, who is the designer of the tabletop game Wingspan, posted on social media 
uh, about some data around the demographics of the board game industry. And she was pointing out that there weren't enough games that were winning awards or even being nominated that were being made by women. And so from a chart about nominees from Childe Yares, the biggest board game awards in the in the whole industry, since 1999, five women, I saw four women, five, four or five women <laughs> had been nominated compared to 103 men. Uh, and there had been no women nominated in the last two years at that time. So Hargrave concluded that this wasn't a problem with SDJ, as these awards are called for short, um, but with the pipeline of the whole thing, like who makes a game, who pitches a game, uh, and whose game gets chosen by publishers. And she also said that the numbers are overwhelmingly white men, usually like United States European white men, uh, and this restricts our game options, which seems pretty clear. Well, uh, the COO of Alderach, uh, which is a big board game uh, company, Ryan Dancy, responded directly to her. And this is some of his response. Uh, quote, I have taken more than 1,000 game pitches since 2016. I would say less than 10% of these were from female designers. Effectively, none of them were games AEG would publish. We did a call for submissions from female designers specifically. We got one publishable design. There have been a couple of pitches that came close, most commonly where a female pitched with a male designer. There is one team of two female designers that pitch great, but their games are too light for us. I know why we didn't proceed with those pitches, but they were at least in the ballpark. Typically, when I am pitched by a female, the game tends to fall into one of several broad categories. It's a game about politics. In general, we don't publish games about politics. It's a party game. In general, we don't publish party games. It's a pitch from a designer very early in their design journey, and the game isn't competitive enough in their modern market. It usually is either too much like another game or very generic, or it's more of an idea than a game design. I've never been pitched a war game by a female. I've never been pitched a two-player fighting game by a female. I've never been pitched a giant fighting robots game by a female. I actually don't think there's much of a market in those categories <laughs> because there is so much competition. But I wonder if a game designed by a female would be orthogonal to the existing designer patterns and produce something remarkable. I think there is a significant gap between when someone decides to try and become a game designer and when they produce their first publishable game. Life in that gap consists of a lot of rejection and negative criticism. I wonder if that gap accounts for a good part of the missing female design cohort. Females are socialized in the West to avoid situations where they're subjected to fairly harsh criticism of their abilities and creative ideas. Males are socialized to take the punches and keep moving forward. Getting across the gap is how you turn someone into a real game designer who gets paid for their work and who makes designs that are attractive to publishers. So far, we haven't seen much award consideration go to games that exist almost entirely as crowdfunding projects. I know there are many more females doing game design and production via crowdfunding who just don't connect with publishers. The nature of the SDJ is that a crowdfunding game is effectively shut out from consideration. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack in this. <laughs> First, he is completely dismissing Hargreaves' point and kind of proving her point about how there not being enough women designers. He is not asking why women designers only made up 10%, but is seemingly blaming women for not pitching more. <laughs> but also, 
He's blaming the content of their pitches, which he turned down. Uh, He comes back to reemphasize this point later, saying that women are more likely to get crowdfunding and therefore don't make the connections in the industry. But once again, fails to give any consideration as to why that is and why that maybe they had to go to crowdfunding because they kept getting turned down. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Which brings us to the second big issue here. He entirely, entirely dismisses games women are typically pitching as too political or too light, like party games, which blows my mind. (laughs) And then he follows that up with how women don't pitch games about war, fighting, or robots, which is comically gendered. It's like, it's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Women don't do robot games. That is very specific, sir. It is very specific, and it's, like, kid-level. Like, mm-hmm. it is hilarious. It, except he's making these decisions, and then you're like, oh. And then he says he doesn't even think they would be successful if they did pitch those games because it's too competitive, which is, oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, this is very similar to the conversations we've had around the video game industry and how a lot of people are trying to dismiss games that women play, like, mobile games um, as less serious or not real games, even though there is a huge proven market for them. People like these games, women play games, and these games make money. Like, (laughs) I don't understand this. And then he basically says women can't handle criticism or rejection, while men are able to... Which is a constant. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Men are able to take it and keep going so women don't pitch. Women aren't tough. I'm also interested in how you handle rejecting women versus rejecting men, but whatever. Right, right. So, as you might imagine, he quickly came under a lot of fire for this response because he did this publicly. Uh, To the point he did apologize. He called it not his finest moment. He outlined some steps that he and the company were going to take to tackle the lack of diversity and asked that uh, we all hold him accountable. But as many pointed out, the fact that he felt comfortable enough replying to one of the few women in the industry who is successful with his original message speaks volumes. Also, her game, Wingspan, is not a game that falls under the categories he outlined. (laughs) It's a very interesting game, but she succeeded with it. It's very popular. And then he sends this response. And it is really important. During the pandemic, the tabletop gaming industry grew. Uh, I completely agree with Hargrave about how this lack of diversity negatively impacts our game choices. And if you go back and listen to that episode I did with Tracy, we talk about the health benefits of playing games. Um, So, yeah. And I do think a lot of the times the things that I love about games designed by women, both tabletop and video games, is the very thing he was so quick to dismiss. I love a good party game. But I also love games that are different. I like games that mess with how we traditionally view games um, or games Mm -hmm. that completely flip what winning is. Um, So The Path is one, which is a video game where basically you have to not complete your mission to win. Destiny, which is like you're just trying to make friends. Um, (laughs) It's lovely. It's such a lovely game, though. Um, (laughs) You, like, have to sing and you make songs together. It's lovely. And I do really want to play this game, Votes for Women, which I know a lot of you have written in about. 
and I've heard great hmm. things about. Uh, from Polygon, quote, Without the context provided by historical advisor and professor Rachel Michelle Gunther, game designer Tori Brown and developer Heather Bertram's excellent work would not be nearly as impactful. Um, and Tori Brown, because I, I was like, are these both men? They're not. <laughs> Tori Brown is a woman. <laughs> okay. I was like, what? I was very confused for a second. No. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that's a board game. That is a board game, and it's supposed to be... Like a lot of the big reviews say like this should be in libraries because it's very educational and cool and, and people seem to love it. It comes out in January, I think. Um, but I think it already came out, but then it sold out immediately. So their second run is in January. Oh, wow. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. We have so many games that we need to play. I like, know. You bought me all of those at one Christmas, all the retro ones. I want to play them. And I don't think we played a one. We try to play one. <sighs> We needed but we had such a large <laughs> crowd of people that, that it was almost impossible. Instead, we just read through cards. Eve's was a part of that. Yes, she was. Aww, game nights. Uh, we need, to, yeah, we need to bring that back. I still really do want to play with some of the men, like stuff uh, they yes. don't want you to know or uh, yes. stuff you should know. It would be hilarious, Chuck. I know very little of him, but to have him play <laughs> Mall yes, Madness with Mall him, Madness. That would I would be amazing. Love that. Um, I would love that. <laughs> I mean, it'd be just as fun with Lauren mm -hmm. uh, from Saver because mm -hmm. I'm sure she would have some words. Oh, gosh. It would be and a I delight. Haven't, I haven't played a lot of those games. I don't think I'd play I any. played Well, obviously, I played every single one of them. We tried to bring out that babysitter's one and it was so <laughs> complicated. I was like, 
how did I play this as a teenager? <laughs> I don't remember. And I played it by myself for the most part. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why. Well, I told you my story of the cool yes. kids. My mom invited who I viewed cool kids from school and I was playing Polly Pocket by myself to try to figure out the rules when they walked in. And I mean, what have I done to deserve such a But you know what's so fascinating? And because, you know, I'm all about my phone games, mm-hmm. that they, there are so many revamps of these phone games being oh, board games. Yeah. And you already know, mm-hmm. I've talked about one I'm not going to mention because it's too much, but yes, it is a play on capitalism, we know. <laughs> uh, this game made everyone get into fights and probably was either thrown away and or put up for a month at a time yeah. because the parents had had enough. So there's the different variations of this game mm-hmm. on the phone and the one I played is like very interactive and community and very angry and mean. <laughs> oh, no. It's no longer Deborah. <laughs> it's now a person called Kissy Bear. And I'm like, what oh, the hell, no. Kissy Bear? <laughs> Your enemies, the list grows the longer. List grows. <laughs> Some of these people I helped out and all of a sudden they're attacking me. I'm like, What? <laughs> Anyway, I'm not sorry. But my thought is, I wonder because this level of like playing by ourselves on these games, like this is to a whole new level. Of course, again, the variation is different, but I wonder if there's like a Mal Madness phone game where you can play by yourself or again, this type of game, which I've played by myself many times. I used to play a game called Payday. Do y'all remember Mm. this game? It was like a calendar. It was absurd. (laughs) I do not remember this. I remember this. this game completely. And like it was one of our favorite games because it was kind of like this other game, the other big game, but like downscaled. Okay. Interesting. But I wonder like with the phone level, like where we can see that. This has nothing to do with the women, but like, what we does, because we talked about the fact that yeah. the phone games, which are not being considered as gaming, is the m- number one money maker. Mm-hmm. And if you are a part of this industry, it's a smart way to go. But yeah, I, I wonder how many of these games we can play by ourselves and that have been fitted for mobile phone games. <laughs> That's true. That's an interesting, we should follow up on that. And yeah, I do love a game. I love a game you can play by yourself, but I also love a game you can play with two people. Those are kind of rare too. Right, they have been. It's like the rarity is anything beyond six people. Mm -hmm. Too much. Like like you can't find many of those unless you find like the large party games such as Werewolf, which we've played many a times, Mm -hmm. or the two-player games. Orgasm by yourself. Oh, my. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's very interesting. Again, like this is that same level of conversation of what is considered gaming, who deserves the rights, and how much opportunity is there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It it was just a very clear example of like somebody missing the whole point. (laughs) I bet those games like Girl Talk and all that. And again, I know this is dated. Mm -hmm. Very sexist games, but... I'm sure they won awards because they were big sellers. Ooh. Honestly, like, I was looking into this, um, and I wanted a Monday Many, so I stopped. But I looked into the history of women playing board games, and there's a rich history there. uh, Why did you stop? Women playing and designing board games. Because that's a whole episode. It is not a Monday. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, my gosh, okay. (laughs) Because apparently at one time it was considered kind of in the realm of domesticity, women would make games because they were supposed to be in charge of entertaining children. But children. Not, there was the other side of it too, though, that was 
the very political part uh, where they were making games like Suffragetto. And um, so it was really interesting. There's a lot yeah. to talk about. I wonder there. if it came into play with like gambling that men started taking over. Oh, it could be. It could, I, I go back to that, um, the cover of uh, Battleship from the 1950s that uh, you and I discussed when we went over these kind of very gendered games where it was the men and the the husband, presumably, and his son playing Battleship. And in the background, the mom and daughter were doing dishes. And this was the cover of the game. Oh, I remember the one with the girl watching behind yes. her father or brother mm-hmm. as the games happened. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely the father and the son. Right. It, it sort of became like, well, you should be doing house and we can play. Or like, maybe you were not competitive enough to, you're not tough enough to handle losing yeah. or something. Go play with your paper dolls and yeah. get dressed up. It's very bizarre. It's very strange. Um, so probably will be a, a full episode in the new year, though. New year. <laughs> yeah, that is a 2024 episode. <laughs> um, but yes, um, as always, listeners, if you have any recommendations for board games or any thoughts about this, that would be great. Because I was looking for like, okay, these games, what are these games I can play that are different, that are made by women? Um, let us know. You can email us at Stephanie and MomStuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I'm Never Told You. We have a tea public store and a book, Gift Ideas, um, <laughs> wherever you get your books. Um, thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christine, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I'll Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.